Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. What is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. As always, I'm your host, Jacob O'Neill, and I'm joined by my good friends, Bailey and Cameron. Bailey, can you start us off with prayer? Yep. God Almighty, as we continue our discussion on evangelism and specifically what it looks like for us here, um, I just pray that you'd be with us, that you'd make us wiser and open our minds so that we don't hold on to ideas and things that we already have. God, I just pray that we would come to you open-minded and that we would learn something today from our discussion. So Lord, we love you. We dedicate this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, so the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about evangelism mm-hmm. and uh, that, gosh, that's such a broad topic. Yeah. I think we talked about that in yeah. the first episode um, that where we discussed this. Mm. Um, but, you know, some of the things that I've been hearing from people, uh, in fact, someone just asked me just the other day, they asked me, is anyone getting saved out there? Yeah. Like, what's going, what do you, what's your actual evangelism strategy mm-hmm. in Norway? So that's kind of something we really wanted to talk about. Um, that involves, you know, a big fancy term called missional community, which we'll get into, and church planting. Mm. Um, where we're from, evangelism, you know, most of the time when most people think about evangelism, they think about like street preaching yeah. and like, mm. yeah, street yeah, preaching yeah, yeah. or street witnessing, mm-hmm. like walking up to strangers while they're eating their lunch or yeah. dinner or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, taking the youth group to the beach to witness to people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sure. Oh my gosh. That, that's so much fun. That's, uh, yeah, fun's the word we all think of. When you describe that thing, <laughs> <laughs> that's the word I think of when, yeah. I, when I describe that. You thing. are not normal, but that's why you're here. That was mean. Okay, because everybody, <laughs> everybody needs a thumb, and you. <laughs> what? <laughs> That was so mean. I love it. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So everyone needs a thumb. Yeah, is what we're talking everybody about. Everybody needs a thumb. Okay. All right. So, um, so. I understand those questions. We get those questions every now and then. Uh, but when we're doing missions work and when you've uprooted your family and mm-hmm. go into a different country in a different context, uh, evangelism, especially when you're playing the long game, kind of looks differently. So uh, we are interested. Uh, we're going to talk about kind of our strategy. But Cameron, why don't you talk about, kind of speak into uh, church planting yeah. and kind of our long game strategy like in a broad sense. Like, yeah, I the... mean we've we've talked about this a whole lot. So it's going to be difficult for me to to talk about our vision and then not get so excited that we talk for a long time, mm. but also um for it not to be so vague that anybody who's listening or watching doesn't know like what yeah, we're talking about. Here's words that they don't know the definition. Right, to. you sound like a yeah. politician, right? Yeah. We're going to do everything better and the goals are going to be good and whatever. So uh so I'll do my best. Um so evangelism, like we talked about last time, evangelism is, is making the lost aware of the good news of salvation. I think that's maybe the simplest way of putting it. Um, and there are lots of strategies for doing that. Um, and our main strategy is going to be church planting. And church planting is one of those christian words that just means starting churches. And there are lots of reasons why church planting is our primary strategy. We'll talk about that. But I think that the, the beginning of our vision is planting churches Mm-hmm. And then the end of the vision is we want to be sending Norwegians to plant churches in Norway and abroad. So those are sort of the, that's sort of the starting line and the finish line. The starting line mm-hmm. is planting, uh, planting a church. The finish line is for that church to be reproducing and creating 
Norwegian-led churches with Norwegian pastors who are also sending church-planting pastors in Norway and abroad. So maybe that's the most condensed way for me to talk about our church-planting vision, and we can spend hours and years sort of fleshing that mm-hmm. out and, and discussing what exactly we think that looks like. And Let's we have spend a lot, at least one hour yeah. talking about it. <laughs> we've got a lot of learning to know exactly what that looks like. But that's the idea. I mean, we've talked about it. we're American and we're never not going to be. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any, um, we suffer no illusion that the challenge, challenges fa- the, facing Norway's spiritual state are that there aren't enough Americans with American-styled churches, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we're doing it right and just nobody has ever thought, go see what they're doing in America and do that. Sure. Yeah. So that's never going to go away. And we don't want to delude ourselves into thinking that um, what we're used to doing, like our, our church experience is going to solve the spiritual problem of Norway. Never mind their church experience has lasted a thousand years longer than ours has. <laughs> ours has. So probably they have some wisdom for us. Um, but the idea is this. I, th- I think we, we begin with a uh, we begin with a church and it'll look a certain kind of way. And what that church is going to be dedicated to is identifying and developing Norwegian pastors. Um, because Jacob, as we've, as we've talked to uh, like our co-ministers, as we've talked with people about what it is we're going to be doing, you make this excellent point, which is God knows that Norway needs pastors. Right. And, mm. and that the call of pastor transcends culture and it transcends mm-hmm. borders and boundaries. So God knows that those people are here. We therefore, or knows that those people are needed in his church. He's called them. So we know that they are here. And so we want to commit ourselves to finding and identifying and then equipping them to lead a church well that then is going to be dedicated to doing exactly the same work and multiplying. Absolutely. Uh, so more on that, like uh, that role of a pastor transcend. Mm-hmm. If the, if the, um, one of the things that I keep in the forefront of my mind is a picture that's painted in Revelation chapter 7, mm-hmm. where uh, John, the, the apostle writing Revelation, sees a multitude of people mm-hmm. of every tribe, nation, yep. and tongue. Yep. And so if God really did establish a church, mm-hmm. which he did, yeah. uh, and that church is the bride of Christ, and he established the office of pastor, mm-hmm. which he did in the scriptures, mm-hmm. um, then that role transcends any culture there. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks different in different circumstances, but the the basic elements you can put in Norway, America, Russia, yeah, Africa, and there's you can find a pastor um, in all of those cultures. So that was really cool. Do yeah. you want to speak into some of the things yeah, you were talking about? I would just add and okay. emphasize that there's definitely overlap between what are you know the picture that comes to mind when we say evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, there's overlap between that and what we are setting out to do here in Norway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the thing that it's not like it sets it apart, but it's just the specific thing that we're kind of hung up on or whatever. The thing that we love to talk about is the long game vision that we, in conversations with each other and in prayer and just considering this whole ministry, um, the long game uh, focus of us Mm -hmm. raising up Norwegian pastors and that being a form of evangelism. Um, So, in the um, short term, obviously there's going to be like overlap and we do the things that we typically think of for evangelism. But we, when we think of church planning, we regard that as an evangelistic strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that's just an important thing to um, clarify w- yeah. when we say church planning, that's our long, uh, long game of evangelism. 
And I think, it, well, I mean. You, well, so let's yeah. talk about that. So I, there's um, one of the ways we put it before we left is uh, there are a couple different ways a church can grow. I'm not, you can tell me where this came from. I'm not yeah. exactly sure where this came from. Sure. Um, but there are churches that could grow by addition mm-hmm. uh, or in churches that could grow by multiplication. Yeah. And so we uh, are very, the churches we are very familiar with are uh, addition churches. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk about mm-hmm. different types of church planning in a second, but um, kind of you guys speak into that kind of distinction. What, what is yeah. it? What's the difference between a church that grows by addition and a church that grows by multiplication? Yeah. So this is a distinction that's brought out by the, the group exponential, which is a, yeah. I don't even know how to describe them, a church planting ministry. And they're excellent. In fact, I've done a lot to inspire what it is that we're doing here. And they identify ways that churches can grow. So you can experience mm. negative growth, which is uh, <laughs> negative growth, right? It means people are, people are leaving. <laughs> it means people are leaving. Yeah. <clears throat> And that's probably most of the churches in the United States, or maybe in the world, but definitely in the United States, are on slow decline. As the membership leaves, Mm. moves away, dies, whatever. Mm. You can grow by addition, which is people. uh, more people come to your church. So we are, I don't know, pick a name of a church. We're Steve's Church. That's a dumb name for a church. Remember this, we're Steve's Church. (laughs) And Steve's Church grows by addition. Sorry, listeners named Steve. Well, no, if your name's Steve, just don't open a church called Steve's Church. Use your name like if you're going to use your name in a title of something, uh, do a better thing. Anyways, I gotcha. Uh, you can grow by addition, which is like if your city is growing and um, people, more people are coming to your church. So you have a location, you have a program uh, or a set of programs and ministries and a staff and all of that. So what we're used to uh, in church, and it's it's in uh, growth, which is good. That's good if if your church is growing. Um, you can also grow by multiplication which is to say that your church is not just focused necessarily on having one location, but you are growing Steve's church by adding a satellite venue, maybe in, a, in another place, in a city mm-hmm. nearby. So you still have the same organization, the same structure, the same mission, the same values. You're still the same, the same church, but you are adding new places for people to come and join and, and be members and family and worship together. Then you can grow exponentially, which... Almost no churches do, especially in the United States and other places. Uh, the fellows who inspired me were a couple of pastors from India who are doing this. Mm. In other places, like it just has to be the model. <clears throat> uh, there's there, like there's nothing else you can do. Um, but the idea is not merely that you are Steve's church that is growing by adding venues, locations, mm. services, things like that, but that you are. A, ch- a church that plants churches that plant churches that plant churches yeah. and they come out from underneath your umbrella of um, uh, your umbrella of operation so they can have a different vision and a different strategy and a different mission all that fit that, that can all live under the umbrella of healthy church planting and church formation and evangelism and all mm-hmm. of that but you can have a different focus so you have uh, oh gosh, I'm not going to get going because I want to keep talking yeah. about it and whether that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that you can grow exponentially and that's what that's what we want to do. And the important thing about being an exponentially growing church is that it has to be built into your DNA and your operating system from the ground. It's almost impossible to mm-hmm. turn a... Uh, a church that isn't already uh, the, a church that isn't already focused on being exponential. It's almost impossible to turn it into one that becomes exponential. Now they can plant churches that are exponential and. I'm not here to, to sort of talk about the methodology of, or whatever of the exponential people, but all of that to say we are interested and excited about churches that plant churches that plant churches that plant churches that plant churches. 
So the distinction would be, cause, especially because of the part of the world uh, where we're from in the mm-hmm. U.S., mm-hmm. Um, gosh, not only is there a church on every corner, there's a mm-hmm. mega church, like yeah. in like hundreds of mega churches. We invented it, man. It started right. in our neighborhood, yeah. Yeah, and so I there's this kind of uh, phenomenon uh, that kind of happened, uh, especially in the 21st century, this idea of like multi-site churches. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. uh, and not even like... In some of the circles that I run in, like at least online, it's mm-hmm. it's that's like low hanging fruit to criticize like big rock star churches for having mm-hmm. multi site churches. But mm-hmm. the truth is, is that there are some big mega churches that are really biblically faithful yeah. that have that are have great Bible teachers that do multi site. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, what would be the distinction between like uh, so like the Village Church right has like three different sites, or at yeah. least they did it like. 2008 when I heard, heard, heard uh, Matt Chandler say that. So like what's the difference between like a big church that has like 20,000 members mm-hmm. and three different sites and then what you're saying, a church that plants churches that plants churches? Yeah, I mean that's tough. So the, the distinction isn't necessarily about how many people you have or how many sites you have necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right? So the multi-site thing um, – I mean, it took took the world by storm, and sort of the Americans learned how to do it from the Koreans. Uh, but what happened was technology allowed us to reach more people through wires. <laughs> we could yeah. you install the right kind of wire or the right kind of dish, and now you can reach a whole lot more people without having to like without having to multiply your staff, which was really excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how many sites you have necessarily isn't the thing, and I, I know you know that the the idea is that you can grow a church, call it Steve's church. And Steve's church can now be multi-site, yeah. but you're still that one same church organization. And as that be- as that gets um, as that continues to grow, it becomes more difficult to steer or to change course or something. So, what a multiplicative um, or an exponential call it model. I don't even want to say it's not really a model. It's it's more mm-hmm. something that you're dedicated to. But on that uh, on that vision, the churches that get planted sort of can never be too close together. Uh, you're always, Mm -hmm. you're always focused on evangelism uh, and not on transfer growth from other churches. You always, your, your, your fishing pool as it were is the lost people in your community. Mm -hmm. And if you stay, uh, if you stay small, so you're not focused on adding a new site to an existing organization. If you have the, um, uh, if you're dedicated to, not doing that, or you can be you can be committed to smallness. With small, I want, I'm trying to be careful. I don't want to make it sound like a small church is good for its own sake. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that at all. There are plenty of terrible yeah. small churches and plenty of excellent, really, really big ones. Of course. So I'm not making that distinction at all. However, the smaller a boat is, the easier it is to turn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, what you can do is um, maybe I can explain it the best with an example. So suppose we've got a church and there are a couple of hundred of us and 20 of us say, listen, we really... Um, sense a need and urgency and are committed and passionate about reaching the homeless in our community. And so we want to serve them. We want to show them the love of Jesus. We want to evangelize to them in that context. And, uh, you know, we all kind of live, we all kind of live close together and we want that to be our focus. Like how do we reach the outcast in our society? It's harder as a church of 200 to make, first of all, that might not be the mission that God has this, Mm. this church on. Um, but if we're going to like steer and pivot that way, that's a big ship to move. Well, if those 20 people, we, if we can bless them and we can say, that's awesome. I'm glad that God is calling you to do that. And we can bring it to our membership and say, Hey, we need 20 people to go and do this thing. Um, and here are resources and here's like, and here's training and here's everything you need to start so that you sort of, that's what we call it. Church planting. You're sort of, you're Mm -hmm. planted in healthy soil and a healthy bed that is rich in nutrients and the things you need for life. And then we can bless you as you go. And then your 
spiritual focus is that community that you've just identified. And then you leave the authority of the, of the main church. You establish a pastor who is accountable to God and you can, I mean, you can establish church networks and relationships and, and, and families of churches, which is fine, but they are no longer part of Steve's church. They are now yeah. doing this other thing that maybe Steve's church wasn't called to, right? Our, ours can have another focus. And then out of that church that had, that now has sort of left the mothership, <laughs> that church, they can do exactly the same thing. So when they have – you you foster an environment where it is not only safe but encouraged to to take the talent that has been developed in that uh, in that rich uh, in that rich soil take that talent and go do the same thing in another place that's not currently being reached. So we're always looking for opportunities to reach unreached people and to grow there. Is that, I, I feel like but, I over-explained it. That's yeah, kind of, I think I'd add that the um, kind of big motivator for um, us here with like planting churches that plant churches is um, churches that have that mindset. Um, I think just automatically have a mindset that's set up to remember like the past couple of weeks we've talked about um, evangelism and the gospel and mm-hmm. why those are necessary for the Christian to keep at the front of their minds. Um, and I think that like church planning structure helps to keep the weight of the gospel mm-hmm. on their shoulders. Yeah. So like um, my job doesn't become um, replaced by, or the job of evangelism doesn't get replaced by, um, things for the benefit of my church. Mm-hmm. Instead, um, I need to raise up a new pastor yeah. um, here in Norway who has his focus as evangelism and teaching a new guy to have that same focus. Um, so I'd, I think just the, to me, the big distinction would be that just the system itself kind of keeps the weight of the gospel mm-hmm. heavy. Like yeah. in order for, if our goal is to plant churches that plant churches, then the way that we do that is evangelism and the gospel getting out to new people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's not happening, then we're never going to plant new churches or raise up new pastors. Um, so yeah, I think I just had the, that's yeah. the big, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's so much like good, there's so much to say about yeah. all of that, <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's one of the, one of the advantages that we see being evangelistically focused. So we've talked mm-hmm. before about how uh, much of the growth in a lot of churches in the United States is fueled is they call it transfer growth. It's fueled yeah. by people leaving other churches or people moving to town or something like that. And that's fine. Like we want healthy churches. Mm-hmm. And if there's a church that is unhealthy or unbiblical or led by a false teacher or something like we want people to leave that church mm-hmm. and find a spiritual family in a healthy church. So that is like, I'm not criticizing that one bit. Mm-hmm. However, that's not what God has called us to necessarily. Our, our call is to evangelism. We've got lost people. So we want yeah. lost people to be connected to healthy, to be connected to healthy churches. And uh, you guys know, my dad is fond of saying that uh, an object uh, at rest or an object in motion, it's easier. To, oh gosh, I feel stupid. He's totally missing, but an object mm-hmm. at rest tends to stay at rest. Yeah. So, you know, I guess, said that was that, Isaac Newton said Isaac that. Newton said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. My, my dad, uh, he co-opted <laughs> Isaac it for Newton. this conversation. But the, the idea is we want to see people get saved and connected to a mm. healthy church. And then if they're part of that part of that church uh, and they find another church who's that suits them better, there are lots yeah. of reasons, why, then that's fine. But mm. we want to see people get into the kingdom. We don't, we're not, our main goal is not necessarily being the church that, that 
people who are already Christians can find and be plugged into a healthy place, although we definitely want that to identify us. We want to be identified or we want to be characterized by lost people getting saved. Mm-hmm. I think that's such an important clarification mm-hmm. because that uh, concept is uh, pretty pretty foreign, like we've mm-hmm. been talking about like where yeah. we're from. So I've been getting questions, and I know you guys have been getting those questions too because mm-hmm. we've talked about it. Yeah. People are like, so we know you're ch- planning a church, but what's your evangelistic strategy? Yeah. And w- the answer is that is the evangelistic mm-hmm. strategy, yeah. which is not you know typically the answer in America. Like we're fam- yeah. we're familiar with, uh, like we said, you know, we plan a church mm-hmm. in America, yeah. and we get as many people as we can in the building. And when we have too many people, we tear the building down and we build a new one mm-hmm. that's bigger. Yeah, and you know, rinse and repeat, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I love the uh, kind of concept that uh, you introduced and you, know, you also you just kind of finished where. Staying small, planting churches that stay small. And I think that's the distinction, too, yeah. like having independent congregations with their own pastor right. and their own mm-hmm. elders. and yeah. that Because that's those are now different churches. Yeah. And so that is the evangelistic strategy. Yeah. And so right. let's... Uh, well, let's, can I say something about that real quick? I was going to say, let's talk about that more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. So sorry. I, well, I would have interrupted you, but I'm glad this is not an interruption. <laughs> yeah. So smallness, of course, is not the goal. Mm. Maybe smallness is a part of the strategy. There's a recognizing that there is an advantage to being maneuverable. And there's, there's an advantage to, um, to being dedicated to smaller, more deliberate tasks, some, something like that. So mm. I love how you put that. Like that is our evangelistic strategy. And by the way, missiologists have known this forever. Like church planting has always been the best evangelistic strategy. Mm. And it's not even close. Like if you want to reach people mm. with the gospel, you plant churches. There are a lot of reasons for that, including you tend to, um, people who, who leave and plant churches tend to be entrepreneurial and risk takers and mm. sort of outside of the box thinkers. And there's a, you know, if you have, we can all think of the stodgy old church that refuses to change its ways, but sometimes we don't see that exact same impulse in the church that we're a part of where it feels like we're like we're dynamic and we're flexible and we're able to um, to pivot and reach our community. That's less and less true. Um, that's less and less true as you are focused on a specific mission. So if your mission has you going sort of full speed ahead in one direction, mm-hmm. you really don't have the opportunity to pivot, which is okay. You can be on that mission and the, the, the kingdom like needs that. However, there's another mission which is characterized by the ability to be flexible and maneuverable in ways that, uh, in ways that other churches just can't be. So, um, you know, we can look forward to constantly training and sending people like just Constantly, I heard pastors who say we tithe on everything, including ten percent of our income and ten percent of our people. Like mm. we send to plant and launch churches every year, mm. so they're they're less concerned with having a perfectly polished um, set of programs for their institution organization through, on Sunday and throughout the week, and more focused on how do we train people to be spiritually healthy, to be spiritual leaders, so that we can go and uh, and do evangelism. We can go and represent Christ well, and we can we can present the salvation and the salvific work of Christ and salvation in na- in his name to the world that doesn't know that already. Yeah. And I think um, just like considering the style of church that we're used to, mm-hmm. um, like the, every church has to find the balance between evangelism and discipleship. Mm-hmm. And um, I just see like the church that we're used to, is so perfect at um, plugging new people in to a thriving Christian community. Right. 
um, which is a, I think a deficit that we see with the church planning, um, focus that we have, right. like it's going to be a challenge mm-hmm. to have a thriving community that, you know, the style of church that we're used to, you have a youth group, mm-hmm. men's group and right. all of that stuff. And you can find a perfect, uh, spot for every single right. new person. You already um, have momentum. Yeah. And you just like throw more people in the thing that's already the, well, I guess I was going to mix really bad metaphors, but you got the, the boulders already <laughs> rolling down the hill, <laughs> right? You can just, you can, uh, you can introduce people to it and you've already got momentum and you're yeah. moving forward. Yeah. And there's, yeah. and there's a lot of room for like discipleship cause you can, you have tons of different opportunities to train people up. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a budget. Yeah. You have an office. You have bookshelves. Yeah. yeah. You have buildings. Yeah. Buildings. Yeah. So um, I think there's just like obviously any style of church, the goal is to walk that line between evangelism and discipleship. But for our context in Norway, um, we evangelism has to be the focus because we don't like we don't have just the numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Um, if we tried to do that style of church with the 10 of us that God sent over here, then uh, like the math just doesn't work right. out. Right. Yeah. So, um, our youth group is my three children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And they're not even in middle school. No, so, no, yeah. no. One, one, five and eight. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. And I, I love the, um, just clarifying over and over, like for myself and for anyone else who asked me about it, like I love clarifying that, um, our evangelist, our evangelistic success or whatever mm-hmm. isn't measured by like how many people I've had conversations with who I can now count as saved or anything. Right. Um, it's right now it looks like my personal growth in understanding the culture and all of those things, because, um, down the line I have to be able to replicate myself yeah. and, pastors have to come out of me and like all yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's hard to show the yeah. progress at home when it's like, we're, you sent us here to build houses mm-hmm. and right now we're like building tools. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? And it's like, why are you, why are you uh, chewing on that tree? It's like, well, I got to knock this tree down and I got to mm-hmm. make a hammer out of it. And it's like, I know, I know it's not obvious right now, yeah. but that's the stuff that is critically important. So right now we're sort of building and sharpening our tools in order to, uh, in, uh, with, uh, in service of being effective, yeah. uh, I say eventually, hopefully soon, eventually, um, yeah, that's, I think that's yeah. just to reiterate what you were saying. Yeah. Cause pastors have to come from us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, <laughs> that's heavy. That's heavy. Which you is insane. Yeah. 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 You can't overstate the gravity mm-hmm. of that. I mean, you you and Jacob and I were responsible to God almighty someday for how we have discharged the responsibility that he's given us here, which includes hatching pastors. Mm-hmm. Right. But that also well, is, even yeah. just to like make it even heavier not just pastors have to come from us. Churches have to churches, come from us. Yeah. Like whole functional bodies dedicated to Christ and his work. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's, <laughs> so yeah, it's terrifying, which good, like all good kingdom work should be terrifying. Yeah. Um, because then God has to do it. If it doesn't terrify you and mm. you can do it on your, like no big deal, then what's the point? Like if you could have done it yourself anyways, let's, yeah. let's get God on board. But secondly, as we, it's also thrilling. And that's mm-hmm. what we've talked about. I think that we keep coming back to the term pastor factory. Like we mm-hmm. want our church mm-hmm. and our, and maybe it's an association of churches or, or like a network of churches eventually, but we call them our, like our spiritual ancestors or mm-hmm. spiritual, what's the opposite of an ancestor? Des, uh, descendants. Predecessor. No, that's the same thing. Posterity. Posterity. <laughs> Dichotomy. <laughs> uh, we want our spiritual children and grandchildren, the churches that are planted out of the churches that we plant, et cetera. Um, we want those to be, dedicated to the task of producing pastors. Mm-hmm. 
and tr- producing churches, of course, but by identifying pastors and empowering them to go and do that work. So I have so many thoughts yeah. <laughs> about all of that. Um, but one of the, yeah, one of them is, is kind of talking about that is uh, when I was, um, gosh, when I was 13, uh, that, that was like when I first got the kind of idea in my head that maybe God wanted me to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of uh, call uh, resurfaced in my life when I was like 18. And then I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to mm-hmm. absolutely do it. Um, and my kind of, uh, conception of what that looked like because of where I came from was what every pastor looks like where I come from. Yeah. Like I'm going to, all right, I'm going to go to uh, CBU or Biola yeah. and I'm going to get a degree <laughs> in something uh, Christian related and I'm going to apply at a church of like 3000 people and yeah. get a job as a youth pastor and then yeah, yeah. work my way up to the senior pastor. Um, and so that, uh, that's just kind of like was the natural way to go for me. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, well that's what's being a pastor is going to look like for me. Um, but, uh, here that whole concept of like, now we have to train other pastors who go plant churches and Mm -hmm. do all of this, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just such a radically different, um, kind of conception. And so, yeah, I mean, we have the template, especially in California. I mean, we have, they call it, we have an embarrassment of riches when Mm -hmm. it comes to biblical churches, solid seminaries. I mean, there aren't very many left, but we've got a handful of them in California. Um, we have, we are blessed with people who want to lead God's flock, are capable, educated, discipled, and we have the format down. We have the we have the format. Mm. Um, I mean, we don't have any. Well, that's not to say we don't have any of that here. Mm. But we're pursuing something that's different. That largely God is is expecting us to design. Uh, which is, which is on the one hand, again, it's like everything. It's incredible and terrifying, mm. but it's also really thrilling because um, we have the opportunity to see what that would look like in this context. And I think that we have another advantage, and that is because we don't expect ourselves to be Norwegian, that we don't have to, we don't have to assume that burden, and we also don't have to feel like we're the American saviors who need to teach them how to do it right. Mm. What we need to do is spiritually equip and empower the pastors whom God is already calling mm. for them to then be relevant. And, um, uh, I mean, they don't really have to contextualize. They're already mm. a part of the culture. Yeah. Right? So we don't have to expect ourselves to be. Yeah. So how is that? We've touched on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want to get to some hypothetical, practical stuff. Oh, how gosh. is this? I know, right. Yeah. How, how is that an evangelistic strategy? So we've talked about, you know, that's great. You want to train pastors. That's great. Mm. You want to plant churches. That's yeah. great. You want to grow exponentially. That's mm. awesome. How is that an evangelistic strategy? Because I, I'm playing advocate. I'm playing. I'm playing Steve, the American Steve, advocate. Because yeah, when I think of evangelism, I'm I'm picturing people on the street handing mm-hmm. out gospel tracts or preaching the gospel to them, mm. right? Like Ray Comfort, right? Yeah. <laughs> We love you, Ray. Ray. We we do. We love Ray. Uh, And so, like, that's what I'm picturing when I think of evangelism. How is what you guys are talking about an evangelistic strategy? Yeah, why didn't you go go ahead? Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah. Um, I would just start with it. What I kind of said already, it keeps the urgency of the gospel at the forefront of the Christian's mind, um, or at least helps to. Mm -hmm. Um, We can't obviously make that happen consistently, but um, I think by design, having a church, churches that plant churches focus um, keeps us knowing that we, in order to multiply, 
we have to be, every single member of our church has to be going out and sharing the good news. Right. And if every single member, like we can't have anyone, like we talked about last week, we can't have anyone sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no option for a bench here. We need every single church member, whether they're gifted at singing or gifted at um, strumming a banjo or we have gifted no, at cooking. No banjos. Sorry. Um, Pick anything else. <laughs> oh, my God. Or gifted at cooking. Country music um, is actually pretty big here, but yeah. Like, no matter our gifting, every member that we have in our churches has to be engaged in evangelism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was to say. None of the stuff that you said, Jacob, like when, people, when we talk about evangelism, we imagine this list of things. Like, none of mm-hmm. that necessarily goes away. You still yeah, have yeah. to, as a church body, you're committed to those kinds of things. So we're not saying... Something like, well, we're going to plan a church instead of telling people the yeah. gospel. It's like, no, 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 no. We are focused on those things. But because of the uh, the sort of church planning model and method that we have in a consideration, we can, um, it's natural to stay focused on mm-hmm. the evangelism. So um, I think I've, I've probably said enough about that, but I think that it, it poises us and orients us mm-hmm. um, toward the goal of evangelism and which, like I said, missiologists have known forever. Planning churches is the best form of evangelism and evangelizing is the best way to plant new churches. And what it helps you to do is always keep your, keep your focus on delivering the gospel to the people who don't know it and need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, it centers around this principle that we talked about um, on a, a previous episode that everything the church does should be centered around evangelism. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, t- to me, I, th- um, I think that if you ask most churches, especially where we're from, mm-hmm. um, like if they agree with that statement or if that's what they do, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of churches will say yes. Yeah, of course. Um, and that's good. We want churches yeah, to... Yeah, nobody to, says, now we're not into... Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If your church uh, says no to that question, uh, yeah, you should really think about it. Yeah. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> uh, but uh, so uh, if you ask most churches uh, about that, they'll say yes. Uh, but I think uh, one of the advantages about... Uh, planning uh, young churches uh, with like new pastors and, yeah. and keeping it. And by young, you don't mean to make clear. We don't mean like young in age necessarily. Mm-hmm. No, you mean, I mean like, you mean young in like new newness. churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah, a church splits not into multi sites, but with a new pastor and a new pastor yeah. and, and and all that. So, um, one of the advantages of that is is that uh, that can be the motivator for the whole church uh, is is evangelism. Like mm-hmm. when I look at the book of Acts, I see people doing a church service. So they get together, they sing songs, and they have a meal and all that stuff. Like churches do now mm-hmm. where we get together, we sing worship, and we uh, take communion. Yeah. Um, but afterwards, they would go to the synagogues and they yeah. would go mm-hmm. street preaching. Right. And like like and uh, the Bible says that they were adding to their number every day those that were being mm-hmm. saved. It's a yeah. church that was characterized by evangelism, mm-hmm. not characterized necessarily by their programs or, mm-hmm. or by their size or by their name mm-hmm. or by their awesome youth group, uh, but it was characterized by evangelism. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really passionate about uh, having those things, having things like a youth group, having you know great music and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, if you're going to do it, do it for Jesus and do it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But I... Uh, like want to have my cake and eat it too. Like I want all of those things, <laughs> but I don't want people to see that and be like, that church like has an awesome band. I want people to look at that, us, our churches mm-hmm. and say, they're weird. Like they, yeah. every day they go out and are loving and kind and tell me like, I'm a sinner separated from God <laughs> <laughs> and I need Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I want our churches characterized by that. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you, 
do you go to the church? Not that as a great youth group, not that as a great music, but you go to the church that preaches all the time and aren't like weird, like our normal people, and like mm. but live um, with outpouring and love and evangelism. That's what I want yeah. uh, our churches uh, characterized by. And in the biz, the kind of big three dollar uh, two words for it are <laughs> missional community. In the and, biz, yeah. <laughs> So like that? that was so bad. I thought it was fun. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah, uh, Bailey, I know that this is uh, like your favorite thing ever. I'm building you up now. Uh, so, yeah. how about you? Uh, what the heck is missional community? Uh, what is that? Yeah, um, that's that's tough. I think I'll just I'll read um, a definition that we agreed on, and mm-hmm. then we can go from there. Yeah, it, it's we a, stole it straight from Todd. So. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's one of those like you were getting into at the beginning of the episode, like it's filled with a lot of words that just sound like a word salad. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe we can break those down and yeah. make some kind of sense. Yeah. Definitely Todd will. Um, so missional community um, looks like every member living a missional life, intentionally loving and serving their community in step with the spirit, demonstrating the gospel and proclaiming the love and salvation of Jesus to the yeah. people in their lives. Yeah. So, Sounds awesome, um, but there's there's so much like packed into all those words. Let's so. break that down a yeah. little yeah. bit. So yeah, what's, well, maybe I'll explain yeah. it in, yeah. in fewer words. And it's it's something like evangelism in the natural context of normal life. Mm. So it's not um, it's not focused necessarily on events and inviting people to things. It's focused on how do I live out the truth of the gospel, which we've talked a lot about. Mm. Right? If we understand the gospel, it changes you. How do I live out the gospel in such a way that I'm able to make friends with lost people and inter- and rep- and uh, say represent Jesus to them? That's what it is. How, how can I be the reaching hand of Jesus to these people and invite them into the salvation that Jesus won for us? Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. Um, it focuses on again natural life rhythms. How am I an evangelist always? And never see, never uh, forsaking the use of words. <laughs> How is it that I'm evangelist in my life, reflecting the truth and love of Jesus and serving my community, etc.? And um, const- like constantly, mm-hmm. like constantly. And how how do I make real, natural, sincere friendships with people, mm-hmm. and then invite them? Remember, we, I've talked a lot about it. Uh, God's plan for the universe was relational. And he had a relationship among the Trinity and he invited us into it and we broke it. Mm-hmm. And then he unbroke it and, and has now accepted us into this relationship. How is it that we invite more people into this loving family relationship with God Almighty in a sincere, um, natural, through the course of me living my life? Like I dedicate my life to that purpose. Mm-hmm. And how does that happen? So I used way more words. I said I was going to break it down than I didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, let me contrast that kind of with um, uh, what we see uh, like in America. And I am mm-hmm. the chief among sinners. I'm not um, – I'm going to uh, maybe say some pointed things. And, but I'm mostly talking about myself. Okay. And if this applies to you, uh, repent. But so uh, <laughs> kind of in America, I, I – especially as a teenager, definitely fell into the rhythm of like, I have my Jesus face on mm-hmm. when I'm at mm-hmm. church. And when I'm at school, I have my uh, class clown, like, I don't know, trying to be cool, trying to be funny, yeah. like face, trying to impress people. But I'm at home. I have my like 
video game face or like honor my parents' face or not honor my parents' <laughs> yeah. face. You know, like we have all these different masks that we put on and we try and pretend like when I'm at church, well, I'm, I, how often do I read my Bible? Yeah. Well, not as much as I should right. or not yeah. as much as not I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, and so I can definitely relate to not um, – or rather I should say failing in uh, a call that Jesus puts on all of our lives yeah. in – uh, living kind of that out, what you were saying. Yeah, we're saying. definitely mm-hmm. used to saving the Jesus stuff for Sunday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh gosh, there's so much. Mm-hmm. Um, Say it. I think just continuing <laughs> with um, using church that we're used to, to try to clear up what we mean when we say missional community and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the um, the focus of church that we're used to um tends to be the thriving community Mm -hmm. to welcome people into and to disciple and raise up and give opportunities of ministry to the people that are there. Um, I think the focus of missional community is thriving personal lives Mm -hmm. Um, and like making sure that every individual is um, living uh, as an evangelist, like Mm -hmm. just, Again, that the weight of the gospel, like the urgency of the gospel, mm-hmm. is always at the forefront of the Christian's mind. Like if the church that we're used to is um, super focused on making sure that we have a thriving community for people, the missional community picture that we're talking about is obsessed with making sure that our Christians in our church are living uh, true fully gospel committed lives like yeah. every moment. So, and it's, it's really tough like distinction to make. Cause again, we're every church is trying to do the same thing mm-hmm. ultimately. Well, that's what, but it's going just to a, that, yeah. Like mass thing I was talking about, like yeah. what it kind of sounds like that, uh, we are pursuing is that church mask mm-hmm. is just our actual like yeah. face. It's yeah. in every part of our life. Yeah. So and, that's, uh, but every church yeah. says they want to do that too. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember, you're not just a Christian on Sunday. We yeah. need to be Christians for the rest of the week. Everyone wants to do that. Um, but I think that maybe this is more committed sort of holistic idea of like, what, what are we doing with our lives? Mm. Like if your life on earth is to make friends, that's good. But if those friends are going to hell, then, you know, I mean, forgive me for, for being kind of crass, but you've wasted your life on them. Mm. Like we have eternal life to look forward to and it's going to be with or without God. And so if you are not spending your life sharing the gospel of salvation with everyone that you know, if your life doesn't reflect that and if it's not um, attractive to those who would hear it, right? Like, like if you're not doing that, then what's the, what's the point of how, of how you're living? Mm-hmm. Church isn't so, you know, there, we've talked about this for a long time as a, as a church is like, is church a hospital or is it a school? And, yeah. and it's, mm-hmm. it's both. And, and so of course it's messy and, and there are, there are the gray and foggy areas and distinctions to be made. But um you know, I'll just say two things. First is every church says that they want to do that, right? We want of to know what we want is to be Christians in our lives. But there's a sense in which we're all used to the routine of church being the place mm-hmm. where we go to feel close to God on Sunday. And it's like, okay, like I, I've checked the box. I've done, I've done the thing I need to do in order to be in the club. And, and missional community, the focus is, um, I'll say slightly different. It might be sort of radically different. But I'm asking like, the church is something the community does on Sunday. It's not something that I, it's not something that I go to mm-hmm. and missional community invests me in making in uh, invest me in being a part of a body, which is 
again, smallness is not good for its own sake. When you're, when you are trying to be a church body with many thousands of other people, maybe it's harder to see where you fit and it's easier to leave yourself out. Mm-hmm. When you are committed to a small, deeply committed to a small number of people, like it's obvious when you're gone and you can see how we all depend on each other. And I'm convinced that God made us like the reason he gifted us differently. And the reason that we're referred to as a body is so that we will depend on each other and mm-hmm. that we will need one another and one another's gifts. Yeah. yeah we can use, I mean, this podcast as like a mini example. Uh, cause mm-hmm. you actually said, uh, to us off camera, of course, but uh, <laughs> oh, good. a couple of weeks ago, uh, you said if this podcast doesn't facilitate us, uh, being closer with each other or being closer to God, if yeah. it doesn't facilitate our, personal holiness and that we will destroy this whole show and yeah, tear this whole thing yeah, down. Yeah, we'll stop that. If yeah. it ends up being like, if the podcast ends up being an impediment to ministry and our spiritual growth, then why would we not throw it away? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like why would we, um, why would we tolerate that in our lives? Well, and yeah. the principle uh, there is, uh, not that people should do podcasts. This is the principle of course, <laughs> is that, um, we're the podcast isn't the thing we're focused on. Mm-hmm. What we're focused on is the mission right. and community yeah. together, and not necessarily the uh, uh, the event itself. Mm-hmm. Even though the event is fun and yeah. fine, um, but that's more the focus. And so, yeah, I love that. Uh, were you going to say anything? No, I, I mean the only thing I think I'd add is we mainly I think talked about the distinction between or like for the individual Christian between church that we're used to and uh missional community. Um, but I think as far as like the individual churches themselves, um, flexibility is another big, uh, differentiating point mm-hmm. between the two. So kind of like you mentioned earlier, um, a small group, a small missional community mm-hmm. of 50 or so, if they realize that in their community, like literally if they all live within a mile of each other and in their community, there is a middle school that needs support, right? Then they can be very flexible and focus mm-hmm. on supporting their community in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, uh, just in looking at the church as a whole, um, a big differentiating point is right. like that. It's tough to get the whole big church to make that middle school their mm-hmm. focus, but a small group of 50 people can, dedicate one day a week where they show up and bring lunch to the kids and eat lunch and Mm -hmm. talk with the kids, you know, right. That kind of stuff. So I think just as a, for a church wide perspective, flexibility is a huge part of that. Yeah. yeah. That's something that Benta told us. I I can't exactly remember if she said it, um, on the episode when we had her on, Mm -hmm. but when we, we had dinner with her at her place Mm -hmm. and she, I asked her, um, what do you think, um, how, do, how exactly did I put it? It was something something along the lines of like, what do you think like the the God's global church in Norway needs? Mm-hmm. Like, what do, what do you think is uh, like kind of wrong necessarily with the church in a broad sense? And and what does the church in Norway need? And she one of the things she said is that the reason why churches get stale or the reason why they stop growing and maybe sometimes die mm-hmm. is because they refuse to change. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, that's what she said. Yeah, and I. Uh, I haven't stopped thinking about that mm-hmm. since I heard it from her, and I find that very, very interesting. Right. And it kind of seems like uh, one of the things that we're talking about and what we hear when we talk to Norwegian Christians about it, like Benta, mm-hmm. is that she is passionate about uh, those missional community mm-hmm. ideals, a church that yeah. lives its life to be like 
uh, exactly what you're saying. Like, if there's a group of people that aren't reaching like middle schoolers or mm. a youth group, and they're like, okay, well, their mindset shouldn't be let's pack it up. Their mindset should be what do we have to do to get the yeah. gospel? Yeah, right. People? Yeah. Well, and, and so the idea is this. So um, there's a sense in which it's right not to be flexible and not to want to change. Right? If mm. God has if God has given a vision and a mission to a pastor and to this congregation to fulfill, then you shouldn't be willing to make every to to make every turn and go ah let's try this thing yeah. no let's try this thing like you should not be uh you yeah. know like like the bowling ball hitting the bumpers that's fair i do not mean like no, of hoping not. to change no, no, no. like the deity no. of christ is a lie no no <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah so so the point is and i know that this is not what you said there's of course meant. a line yeah and yeah. you shouldn't mm-hmm. be so able the, to so, change for anything right yeah. um so of course we mean the, the un- unwillingness to be flexible so the point the all of that to say the point is not we can then go chase every rabbit that comes in front of our eyes mm-hmm. we, go, oh, we go chase that thing down and kill it then we can chase the next thing it's no 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 the the mission that we're called to that we then will be unwilling to waver from is that we can launch smaller boats. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. We can launch smaller boats that can go chase that thing down. And that's a part of the mission. So part of the direction that our mission is already going is to be constantly, to be growing big enough that we can then divide and we can focus our attention. Uh, our, we can focus our, the attention of the, of the churches that we plant. And those, those are usually geographic. So there's something like we're coming from all over Oslo to, for, for this one, for this one missional community or whatever. Well, we can sort of specialize by location. Well, it turns out 10 of us live, live, live closer to mm-hmm. each other. Like 10 of us are from the East side and 10 of us are on the West mm-hmm. side. Well now, you know, once there's enough of us, we've got 20 people, we've got 10 in each side, then okay, we divide. We make sure that, that the groups both have healthy leadership in place. And then we do everything in our power to help them to launch and to persist in health. And then they can further, like then they can divide by Southwest and, and uh, Southeast and Northeast and mm-hmm. Northwest. And so th- those, um, those delineations are usually geographic, but they can also be uh, like we've talked about before. They can be in, in the particular missional focus, right? We have the 10 of us have a desire to reach musicians with a, with a coffee shop with live music. Like that's going to be our focus and we're going to do church in that context. I don't know if that's a good or a bad idea. That might be a really bad one, but we can still, (laughs) supposing it's a good one. We have this really good idea. Okay. Well we can foster and nurture that really good idea. And then you guys can focus on that. And that, that does then does not demand that the rest of the, however many hundreds of us there are at this point in various missional communities, like we don't all have to, we don't Mm -hmm. all have to move. You can then sort of, you can you can uh, you can make that turn yourselves, yeah. and then be committed to yeah. the same thing. Yeah, and I think it just like affords those missional communities to um, immerse themselves genuinely in the communities that right. they're already rooted in, like right. the physical places mm-hmm. and the relationships God's already set them up mm-hmm. with. Um, they don't need to go and move across the world. Right. Like we did. Um, <laughs> well, it makes sense. Their, yeah. Just their job is to, to be immersed in the community and to be witnesses there. Yeah. Well, it's a hard question to answer when people ask us, why did you come from America? Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense. But if, so if we show up here and we're, we're, I don't know, we're cleaning up a park. Why did you come here from California to clean a park? Well, because Jesus loves you. That's a real hard connection to make. <laughs> but if there are people in the community who live on that block anyways, yeah. and they go, why are you cleaning this park? Because we're part of this community and Jesus loves it. And we want it to be clean. And we want it to be an mm. excellent space for right. us and for our neighbors. And because we want to share the love of God with, with and among our people. And like that makes sense. And that's compelling for people. It's a lot less weird and culty than yeah. well, we came mm-hmm. from, we came from California to show you Jesus love by 
cleaning a Norwegian park. Like it, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's not, yeah. it's all true. It's all true and it's good and it's valuable, but it makes a lot less sense to someone who's here. Yeah. It just poises that community to like find, like to identify and then set out on the most effective way to meet right. their community where mm-hmm. they're at. And according to where they're at in their, in their place in life mm-hmm. and their gifts and their talents and their desires and their passions and like literally the home that they live in, like they can contextualize all of that to the project of their neighborhood. And it's, I mean, think of how freeing that is. Your, your goal doesn't have to be, I'm going to save the world. Mm-hmm. Your goal is I'm going to share Jesus with everybody that is anywhere near me with the hope of leading some to the salvation of Christ and then helping like starting the fire in their heart that they, that they can be a part of a community that does the same thing. And mm-hmm. you can be focused on your growth and your community without like, I'm overwhelmed by big tasks mm-hmm. without being overwhelmed going, Oh my gosh, we're in Norway. There are 5 million people here and 499,000 of them don't know Jesus. Like, how are we going to do that? But we do it. We do it by means of, I think missional community, which we've talked about. And that is kind of the buzzword. There are lots of things you can call it. Mm. <laughs> uh, and that one has gotten a little like, that one it's a uh, you, you, we've said it enough times that it doesn't sound like a word anymore like mm, the church in general right. has said that enough times it doesn't <laughs> sound um but i think we will be focused on that thing and then we can be focused on the health of our communities and launching others to do the same thing and then maybe a little bit at a time in an amway kind of way you know the th- right? so amway you, <laughs> oh my gosh you sign up <laughs> if you sign up six of your friends and they sign up six of their friends yes. like in five generations that's every person on earth is an amway yeah, we weren't supposed to go down the <laughs> but you get to be yeah. your own boss Cam. you get to be your boss so that's fine <laughs> whatever that's not an opinion about amway it's just about exponential <laughs> but it kind of is exponential. no but um but uh, so it's not, it's not that that's just to say that there's there really is wisdom and growth like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe yes. I don't know how well it scales to the actual to the world of selling products that Amway does. But in the world, in the when we apply that same thing, we can say, listen, if I can if I can reach and really reach the people in my community, yeah. if I you know, Jesus had a dozen disciples. Um, he's like, look, if I can share my life with these ones and then command like teach them and command them to go and do the same thing and then each of those can take on a a manageable number of disciples and they can be real community with each other who can then go make go and reach people and make a certain number of disciples it's not that many generations before real real Mm -hmm. change is made and then you have that momentum that we were talking about before and you have the momentum maybe on a on a national scale and eventually on a continent-wide and global scale i mean i think that's it really is. I think the, for me, that's, that's the way of going about the mission that we talked about in the last episode. Like to me, that's what really holds my heart. And here's the fun part. Yeah. Uh, especially uh, for the viewers at home after listening uh, to about 40 ish minutes, 45 ish minutes of us talking about this. Mm. Fun part is we still have a ton to learn Oh man, exactly how that applies. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, I feel like this episode especially, I was definitely just listening more to you guys because mm-hmm. this is not, uh, like I touched on earlier, this is not something that I like dreamed of when mm-hmm. I envisioned God calling me into ministry, mm-hmm. pastoral ministry, that yeah. is. Me either. And so uh, and that's totally fair, especially from the context we come from. But mm-hmm. the cool thing is next week, we're actually going to be having... Uh, an expert. Yeah, uh, the expert, maybe. The yeah. expert. Uh, his name will be Todd Moore. 
His name is right now it Todd still, Moore. Probably still <laughs> and will be. <laughs> Todd Moore when he's on. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to have him on next week. We're going to interview him about missional community. And so I could definitely learn more about yeah. exactly what it is I'm doing here. Yeah, I feel like we've sort of like insufficiently scratched the surface, mm-hmm. but but Todd is the expert. He's done he's done tons of church planting, leadership, missional community stuff in Europe. So I'm very eager for us to be able to talk with him and he'll be able to definitely shore up our like our for sure deficiencies in talking about yeah. what we're yeah. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you definitely don't want to miss that. So please tune in next week for our interview with Todd Moore. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless.